Welcome everybody to the first episode of the Hipster Baseball Podcast. We are your host. I am the illustrious, almighty, Dicalo, smooth as butter, silky smooth Callaway, alongside my main man with the beard and the plan, Dorian. Hi, Ricky Carlo. I am well, man. How are you? How are you doing today? I am as happy as can be. It's Wednesday, the 30th of September. We have eight playoff baseball games going on. It's like baseball March Madness. I'm I'm a, I'm a very happy man right now. I hear you. I hear you on that one, man. The games have been flowing from yesterday, even moving into this evening. They have nonstop, and they are definitely some really good ones that have happened. Of course, whenever the baseball season, whenever the postseason begins, it just already starts with fireworks. And this year is no different, even dealing with a global pandemic. So just to kind of get things started, what are you drinking on this evening? Tonight, what I'm drinking is a beer called Rule 7. It's a hurricane ale from one of my favorite breweries called Crooked Thumb Brewery. And they're located in Safety Harbor, Florida. It's just outside of, of Tampa. It's one of my favorite ones they have. It, it kind of reminds, it's a brewery, and it also kind of reminds me of those wineries you have, like in the Mid-Atlantic or even out in California, where you can buy your drink at place, but you can also bring snacks. You can bring your dog. You can bring your cat. Actually, Crooked Thumb Brewery has a bunch of cats that just live there. It's I love it. So I love ale. Uh, I love, I love f- beer. So I'm going to open this right now so I can drink through it throughout the podcast. What about you? What are you going to have today? I am drinking uh, Pintar Riesling. This is a, from a winery out in the North Fork of Long Island. I actually was gifted a bottle of this from uh, one of my mother's friends. Uh, you know, she was just proud of me for just being an awesome human being, I suppose. And so, yes, and uh, mm, nice and sweet. But it nice and cold, I'm sure. Oh, yes, it's been sitting in my refrigerator for like the past week. Um, it's nice, but it doesn't, you know, some reasons might have that little aftertaste of to stick around too much. Like dessert wines tend to be like that from time to time. This one is actually really, really good. So I'm really happy about it and I'm enjoying it right now. And I'm enjoying it even more. So now that we are in the throes of the playoffs. So, but we we aren't the only ones that should be enjoying a drink, whether it's alcoholic or Mm non-alcoholic. Because our listeners, you're more than welcome to have a drink with us. As you listen to this podcast, you already heard my man DeCarlo is having a rice link. I'm having a beer. Feel free to have a beer, alcohol, I'm sorry, have an alcoholic or non-alcoholic drink and tweet us. Our Twitter handle is at HBP4040. That's HBP, Hipster Baseball Podcast, 4040. And use the hashtag HBP drink. Send us a picture of you having a drink whether alcoholic or non-alcoholic, while you watch some of these playoff games. Yeah, so speaking of the playoffs, let's just start again talking about the playoff game. So yesterday, AL wildcard game starting off. Um, and just to kind of recap, we saw some really good games. There was some good pitching and one blowout game, one that we definitely didn't, and one that I actually kind of predicted before. Uh, my New York Yankees went and beat the break, breaks off of the Cleveland Indians yesterday. Um, man, such a beautiful game. Just a beautiful game, 12 to three. And what made it even special in my mind was the fact that we beat up on Shane Bieber. Like, 
the guy who got the pitching triple crown this year, and we knocked him out. He only got four to two innings pitched, nine hits, seven earned. He did record seven Ks, but the fact that he had seven earned runs and nine hits smacked off of him was really gratifying. But not only that, Garrett Cole showed up for the Yankees and threw some yeah, really did. lights out pitching yesterday with seven innings, six hits, uh, 13 Ks. And I mean, his fastball was hitting. His slider was on point. And, and, you know, his off-speed pitches were even throwing everybody off. Because the guy, you know, the fact that he could really throw, you know, high 90s and was still throwing gas even into the late innings, even when he was getting to his 100-pitch count. But he was really holding him at bay. And I was really happy and, you know, happy that the big guns came out. But Global Torres, man, four for four, one home run, three RBIs as well. So I'm really satisfied. That was the big blowout. Well, um, short of turning this into a Yankees podcast, uh, let sorry. me ask you a question. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Like I mentioned earlier, DeCarlo, how do you feel about this March Madness style of baseball where uh, the playoffs began yesterday, Tuesday, and then today just this incredible amount, never before in the history of Major League Baseball have, been, have there been this many games. Like, how do you feel about that from 12 o'clock today until actually, what, 20 minutes, not even 20 minutes ago when the Yankees started? Later tonight, the Dodgers are hosting the Milwaukee Brewers in an elimination game. How do you feel about this wall-to-wall coverage of baseball? Man, the fact that I feel it's great when you're working from home. It's just really bad for those people who are constantly monitored right now. I mean, I mean, if you're able to keep one screen on or you have your TV going and, you, you know, you have your office a little bit over, you, you know, jot down a little work, but then keep your eyes on the game too. So I think it is also keeping in mind with the fact that you're going to have a lot of people who are at home and who could possibly have multiple screens going at once. Um, I like it. I like it at this time. I, I think if it. it was, I think if it was any other time, it might be difficult because you wouldn't have the the same amount of people who could potentially be sitting at home and watching games or you know whatever have you. It is it is something that we've missed. Like we have to keep in mind, like during the first like from March, April, May. For the initial three months of this pandemic, it was really difficult, and people were missing sports. And now it's kind of all in, but it's competitive too, so that makes it even better. And I, I think it's really, it's really good for the masses. I don't, you know, it's one of those like once in a generation type of things. It'll be interesting to see how they try to adapt it. You know, once we're out of this pandemic, things are a little bit more. There's a little level of normalcy that goes around, but I think for what it is now, I think it's a good approach, and I think it's a really good way to market it too. And you know, they're, you know it, it's smart to be able to have it through and through, and then people can always DVR some games. They can watch them later on. They can catch the highlights. You know, there's, it's so much. So for any, you know, for all baseball fans, whether you are a diehard or whether you're just checking in with your local team, you have the option of being able to catch it. Well, if your local team made the playoffs, like mine did. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm really thorough about it. What, what are your thoughts? I love it. I mean, it, it really reminds me of being back in high school where before smartphones, before flip phones, where during lunchtime you had to go to uh, some, some homeroom and ask a teacher that was actually cool enough to turn the TV on for you to go and watch some local CBS broadcast of some random first round uh, matchup. And, but now as a grown adult, you get most of us thankfully get to work from home. And so you can either have it in the background or DVR to watch it later. Uh, I love it. Uh, I love it that you know, that's the reason why we we're even starting this podcast because we love baseball and we love to watch quality elite competition, which every sports has come playoff time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
So it's definitely making its mark. It'll be one for the ages, that's for sure. So what are what are the games that you're looking for? Well, well let's kind of just even recap. So we got the Houston Astros who are moving on to the division. Damn uh, shame. Tampa Bay. I mean, for our listeners, they can't see that you're wearing a Tampa Bay hat. <laughs> just so you know, he rotates, between, he rotates between uh, the, the, the Atlanta Braves on Braves. my team and the Tampa Bay Rays on my second team. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm happy that they both made the playoffs and the Rays – and the race took care of the Blue Jays. And I was I was a bit surprised because there are three teams that are after my hipster heart. And they are the San Diego Padres, the Chicago White Sox, and the Toronto Blue Jays. Because they all have tremendous young talent. And some of it is known, a lot of it is not. And we'll talk, I'll talk specifically about one of those players in the Blue Jays later in, in a later segment today. Mm. But uh, I was surprised at the way that the that the uh, that the, way, that the way that the Rays handled the Blue Jays, because the Blue Jays is going to be a tremendous team uh, over the, throughout, I think, through the early part of this decade. Yeah. I, you know, it's kind of funny. <clears throat> I sit back and think when I see the Blue Jays, and I'm like, wow, the Blue Jays are a team of nepotism. <laughs> but you got uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you got Bo Bichette, you know, for one, the, both their fathers played for Montreal at one point, uh, you know, with Dante and, uh, and Vladimir. And then you got Craig Vigio shown. Like, and I'm just like, you know what? It's nice to see that, like, players that when I was a kid growing up who were, like, serious players. And, I mean, I, I think it's also funny when I, when I watch Bo Bichette. He even has, like, the stance that his father had, even with the foot kick a little bit. Because you remember how Dante Bichette back in the day had this, like, foot kick? Oh, yeah, Colorado and, Rockies. Yeah, man. I, I mean, the Rockies. Between Bichette and Larry Walker, that was, you know, when they came out into the league, that was really great. But, but I'm going to add another – Another thing of your nepotism there. Lourdes Gurian's dad mm. was a legend in Cuban baseball. Mm. So he comes from, from uh, those good bloodlines. And also, Gurian, he has a brother that plays for the Houston Astros, and he just signed an extension. So the Gurians are also right up there with Guerrero, with Bichette, and uh, all the all those other guys. So, yeah, yeah the, it's we'll see if it's a smart tra- strategy to just sign kids that whose dad used to play in the in the major league baseball eh, maybe i mean mm-hmm. it, it could be hit or miss of course you know you'll you'll definitely have for uh for every player you know who, whose father was great there's also the the mental that, that goes along with trying to live up for those expectations you know it depends you know it's, it's just not genetics that will con- you know that will instantly bring them into success and of course having the exposure of being around major league baseball and just baseball in general for all their lives and you know so but we'll see i mean regardless they have a really good young core it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing over the years and you know how they'll develop they definitely will boost the the al east moving forward that's for sure oh goodness there's gonna be you know, but, a scorpion fight for the next five years in the, in, the, in the american league east yeah i think the american league east is definitely gonna be a a, a serious serious like, I mean, which they were for quite a long time through the 90s, whether it be the old Blue Jays teams in the early 90s, and then you had the Yankee dynasty in the late 90s and early 2000s, and then the, the Boston Red Sox who were able to start coming up and then the Rays, who, you know, coming from expansion from the Devil Rays to now just the Rays. and Rays, you know, yep. Yeah, so that'll so, definitely be one for the ages. Besides the Yankees beating down on the ends, what else have, uh, what else has caught your attention over these first two days of playoff baseball? Um, the pitching. Like, seriously, most Absolutely. of the games were very tight. 
And you had good pitching. Like, yesterday with the Rays win over the Blue Jays, 3-1, to one, Snell pitching a no-hitter through five with nine Ks was really, really good. Like, the guy was just hitting him out. And, um, and Shoemaker on the, on the Blue Jays was throwing pretty good heat as well. Um, when you look at the A's and the White Sox, there was some hitting, but, you know, they were able to really still keep a little bit of the, the score line lower. You know, Giolito for the White Sox pitched a pretty he good was game. amazing. And, you know, only it giving up a first run. playoff. First playoff. Yeah. And, and was able to do that really, really well. So hopefully, you know, now that the series is tied, the White Sox will probably pull it in. I mean, I was predicting that they might actually upset the A's because, you know, their bats are starting to come alive. And I saw that, like, I at least said, like, oh, when they were playing the Cubs in their last game of the regular season in that series and they came alive in the later innings, it's like, oh, well, maybe if they come into the playoffs with that momentum, they'll be a team to be reckoned with because, you know, Jose Abreu leading them off, like, being able to. Yeah, he's been a beast this season. And came into the postseason to smack the home run as well. So Yep, game yeah, game one, uh, yep. game one yesterday, two run home run. Two yeah. run home run. And you know, some of the things that I that I've liked and I haven't liked, you had mentioned about some of the pitching has been phenomenal. You have Snell, Blake Snell for the for the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Rays was awesome. Uh, Giolito obviously for the Chicago White Sox. Garrett Cole, the, the pitcher for the Yankees. And today, Trevor Bauer, the presumptive Cy Young, the best pitcher in the National League, just took it to the Atlanta Braves, to my Atlanta Braves. I mean, uh, I don't have his stats right in front of me, but he went seven to three innings. He struck out, I believe, 11 batters and, frankly, 12. The Braves could not lay a a glove on that guy. That guy was – Trevor Bauer is as good as advertised. Very surprising. On the flip side, my my Braves, Max Freed, the the – the Braves started for today's game. He went seven innings. He, I think he scattered six or seven hits, but the, the Reds weren't looking good against him at all either. So I've been really impressed with these young pitchers across the league, but uh, just basically dominating from, from, from the word go. Uh, something I have, you know what I haven't liked is this has been, this has been something throughout the whole uh, season of the fake noise. And it's even gotten worse <clears throat> with, the that game one with the Blue Jays and the Rays, I could barely hear the announcers because that fake noise was so loud. I guess they're trying to replicate playoff atmosphere, playoff noise. And I think it's just a bunch of nonsense, frankly. I, I hate the fake noise. Let us hear those guys yell at each other. Let us hear the managers yell out a play or, or, or yelling at the umpire because the, the umpire is having too wide of a strike zone or too, too small of a strike zone. I want to hear the intricacies of, of, of baseball. I don't want to hear random noise. I don't, it, it, I, I, I don't like it. It's very disappointing for me. I'm actually a fan of it. I'm a fan of it when I watch the game, mainly because it gives me the – it helps to add to the illusion. Like, I, I get what you're saying. You want to be able to hear all of the, like, the, the chatter that actually goes on in the game. But I feel like without the, the – the, the actual fans there to kind of add along to that soundtrack. It really just sounds like dudes playing in a gym or just playing in a park, which to me, I never like, unless I'm in the game, then it actually like, it stands out to me. But otherwise I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Cause maybe I'm, uh, I'm a person who likes theatrics. So for me, I think having the sound at least adds to it. And of course people want to be reminded of, you know, I, I could also see, the, the flip side of it, how it can be kind of annoying, especially if they overpower it and overdo it to a point where 
you're missing the game so much so and you're just like okay can you guys can tone it down just a little bit because you know i know we're not there but you know at least try to blend it in a bit but i i can see where it can go on you know either way where it could be like oh my goodness this is good it's giving me the effect that makes me feel as though i'm in the game a little bit or at least i'm seeing what usually would be as opposed to completely nothing so but you know i'm going to show you i'm going to share with you a couple of a couple of facts from the now over houston astros and minnesota twin series that was because um, as we all know now the astros the the cheating team has beaten the minnesota twins did you know the carlo that the last time that the minnesota twins won a playoff series was 2002 18 years ago and um, there's been a lot of there's, there's, there's been a lot of play in that on the national news that the Braves haven't won since 2001. But I it's been 19 years. I would I didn't even know about the Twins. I mean that's just I love the city of Minneapolis. It's beautiful. I would move there dot 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 dot. But for the winter, never never never. They have a beautiful stadium, Target Field, and the Twins. You know they they go to the playoffs on a regular basis. They're a small market team. And that's why people don't even realize that they have, they've gone an entire generation without kids knowing what it's like to see the twins actually advance in the playoffs. Very sad. And on top of that, this was not, this was a very bad Astros season. Mm-hmm. The Astros finished with a losing record. And this season against playoff teams, they were, they only had four wins and they lost 13 times against current playoff teams, which is insane. Garrett Cole, as we all know, left the, Houston Astros last year, and he, he signed with the New York Yankees. He had that humongous $300 million-plus contract with them. Right. Justin Verlander, multi-Cy Young winner, one of the best pitchers of his era, he got he has Tommy John surgery a few weeks ago. He's gone for all of 2021. Yeah, and, and, you, and you start seeing, it's like, how in the world did the Astros beat the Twins? I mean, obviously, the Twins didn't have Josh Donaldson there star signing uh, third baseman that, that he used to be with the Braves last year. He was awesome, but, but he had cap, he had calves issues. And so they, they didn't even put him on the roster for the wild card, wild card series. So I feel really bad for our friends up in the, uh, whatever the, I don't know what the nickname is of the state of Minnesota, but the, the people of Minneapolis, I'm sorry. Well, uh, at least you, you still, yeah, Twin Cities, no, but you, you still have Prince. So you can just listen to Prince yeah. music while you well, cry. they don't have music. Prince. Well, you know, I said Prince Dead. music. <laughs> so, you can go look at Paisley Park from a distance, you know. <laughs> sure. But, you know, Justin Verlander, I can't, you know, that is a big loss. But for him, at least he can recuperate, lay next to Kate Upton. So I can't say I feel too bad for him. <laughs> um, he'll be back and he'll still, you know, he'll still be throwing that, that heat. Uh, Zach Greinke, at least yesterday, gave him some decent innings. The guy who's moved around baseball, but has consistently been able to establish himself in every team that he's been in. So, got to give him credit for that. Um, and you know what? What they do in the regular season means nothing as long as they get to the playoffs because that is right. why they call it the postseason. So, the fact that they made it and they were able to beat the Twins, I mean, it's a shame. Yes, this is the first time the Twins have really been in the playoffs since the likes of uh, – Joe Maurer and Johan Santana were playing for them. And, you know, Francisco Liriano, like I'm throwing names. I mean, just dating us a little bit. But, you know, they solid squad. They should be able, you know, hopefully they won't have to wait another 18 years in order to make it. But, you know, it, it it's a shame. But at the same time, they made it. They did what they could. 
and unfortunately it wasn't enough. Um, any, you know, any other games that are kind of standing? I mean, let's look at like the National League games that are really popping up. So we see Miami beat beat Chicago. We had, we both had called that. Yeah, uh, I believe two days ago we we went on an off uh, on we're offline and we were just talking and we both chose the Marlins over the Cubs. And but the, you know what the rally thing is, the Carlo. I don't think that's a big of an upset. And on top of that, I don't even think it's that it's that sexy of a pick because the more you read and follow and listen to to other people talk, a lot of people had the Marlins over the Cubs. And I, at first, I was thinking I was so smart, I, I know more than everybody else, and it's a lie. You don't know anybody. You don't know anything. <laughs> a lot of people picked the Marlins to go over the Cubs, and I was surprised. Those of you who watched Game One today at Wrigley Field, the Miami Marlins and the Chicago Cubs. It was an ugly day. It was raining. There was wind, and the Marlins they that their starting pitching is surprisingly good. In this, in this, Sixto Sanchez wasn't the, the starting pitcher today. It was um, I forget the guy's name, and he pitched really, really well. <clears throat> I mean, the Cubs have a, their lineup has names, but they haven't done anything this year. Chris Bryant, Rizzo. Uh, Jason Hayward, you know, Jason Hayward, he's, he's always a defensive threat. He's not really, he's not really, uh, he doesn't really bat that well. But How can yeah, the Miami Marlins, a, a, a club, an organization that I, I'm at the very edge of just despising that, that organization because of what they've done to the municipalities in Miami-Dade County and the city of Miami and Jeffrey Luria, the former owner. And now that clown Derek Jeter, who's yeah, 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 he's hey, in a he, like, he owns like he owns like five percent of the team. Uh, captain, it, 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 that the Marlins, people, a lot of people around Major League Baseball make fun of the Marlins because no one goes to their team, no one goes to their games, and rightly so because people don't realize how many times the Marlins have screwed over, not just the minute like the, the local government, basically stealing taxpayer money, but also. Every single time that they were even remotely good, they just tore it all down. And so why do people, why would people in Miami sign up for season tickets to go see a bunch of nobodies lose 100, 110 games? I mean, people in Miami aren't stupid. Like, you put a good product out in the field, they're going to go support it, which is the same across any other city in the U.S. And that being said, pulling back, the Marlins, very impressive. They won today 5-1. If they win tomorrow they move on to the divisional round. Yeah, and it was Sandy Alcantara who um, Alcantara who pitched today. He, yeah, he, had, he had a pretty solid, yeah, six and a two, three hits, one run, <laughs> one earned, four, four strikeouts. And he walked away at least first game with the ERA of 1.35. Um, but, yeah, not a surprising victory. But you know what? You can't ever count <clears throat> the Miami Marlins on everybody gets to the postseason because – when they Undefeated. Do, Those bastards are – they've won every single series. They are 6-0 and in their history, and they're probably yeah. about to go 7-0 against the, against the Cubbies. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, you can't ever count them out. Um, and now currently we still got St. Louis against San Diego right now. I'm looking at the highlights of it. At, you know, just kind of getting a game play, play as it is, as we, like, are broadcasting right now. And you got – what? Cardinals raked up four runs in the first inning, two in the third. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But you still – it's just the bottom of the bottom of the six. Still some time to go for San Diego to try to bring that uh, – bridge the gap between that game. But we'll see. Um, but that should be another interesting series. Hopefully 
it turns out to be one that will go the three games because those are pretty good teams. You got Matt Carpenter, who's up right now, and uh, Emilio Pagan is pitching for San Diego. So that'll be one to see. I'm really looking forward to the Dodger game later on tonight. I'm being that I am. Uh, is that a joke? What the Dodgers? I like the Dodgers, man. What's wrong with you? What? Why would you? There's going to be zero drama in that game. I mean, the, the Dodgers are going to win in the first two innings, and they're going to do a mercy rule. I, I I don't see the point of the Brewers in the playoffs. No offense to anybody in Milwaukee, but I don't see that as an exciting matchup at all. That's that could be over by the time you fall asleep. Yeah. Well, I will be asleep by ten o'clock anyway because I'm old. <laughs> I have to wake up early in the morning, so, you know, I got to take my Geritol and, and, and do my brisk walking and stuff. Yeah. Like the day's going, so my bones don't get brittle. But And you know. speaking of paying the bills, who, who who do we have to pay the bills up for today, for this, today's podcast? So, our sponsors for today are Nobody Beats the Wiz. Remember, you can go to the Wiz for all of your electronic gear, for, for your record players, your tape cassettes, uh, CDs. And VHS. Not only that, the big Alpine sound systems that you might want to have in your car. So whenever you need electronics, nobody beats the Wiz. Love the Wiz. Yeah. So getting us on to our next, we got to, with all of these playoffs, there's definitely some individuals who really have made us start to think about trying to bring in another generation and passing on those baseball genes because of the way that they play the game so well. So, about who is going to have that baby today. So, who are your players for having that baby? I love this segment. I want to have your baby. This is basically a time that we step back and just share our love for our baseball crush and who's who we just want to combine with to do beautiful things together. Mine this week is the right fielder from the Toronto Blue Jays, Teoscar Hernandez. He's Dominican. He's had a breakout year. He's been in the minors for ages, for basically the entire past decade. He was originally signed by the Houston Astros, the cheaters, but he left. They sent him over to the Blue Jays, and last year he spent all of 2019 down in the minors. This year he wasn't even a part of their opening day plans. <clears throat> this guy played so well that he that he forced them to put the, insert him in the lineup, and he ended up hitting 16 home runs and with an OPS of 919. Now, an OPS, for those of you who don't know, is basically on-base percentage plus slugging. And you're thinking, that's great, 919. What does that mean? So just to put it in the back of your just put it back of your mind, anything over 900, you're talking about elite-level batter. I mean, this guy came from nowhere. I mean, he's making a pittance. He only played 50 games of the 60 games because he was out with a hip injury. But putting up numbers like that is amazing. And not only that, it was not only his power, it's the way he looks. I feel bonded with him. I have a beard. Theo Scott has a beard. He has muscles. I don't have muscles, but his muscles have muscles. It, it, it's when he, when I see him up at back with the Toronto Blue Jays, I stop everything because I know he's going to do damage to that ball and he's going to make the opposing pitcher's life miserable. It's it's fantastic. It, it, I could have I could have picked Hernandez. I could have picked uh, Ludens Gurriel Jr. And we're not even talking about those 
you know, the, the million dollar baby bonuses that DiCarlo was talking about earlier about whose fathers used to be baseball, uh, professional baseball players. I love Teo Oscar Hernandez. Unfortunately, the Blue Jays season is over because they got knocked out by the Rays. But nevertheless, next year, keep your eye on Teo Oscar Hernandez. This guy's the real deal. I love him. And I want to have your baby. Yeah. For me, I have two. I am going to be, uh, you know, I want to have you, baby daddies. DiCarlo, you are the Joseph Smith of Hipster Baseball Podcast. Yes. And you know what? I will bring you to the promised land. Believe me. Um, so my first, Gary Cole. Lights out, man. I mean, 13 Ks. I mean, he had some hiccups during the regular season, which is understandable considering that it was an abbreviated season. He's coming in after signing a monstrous contract with the New York Yankees, 27 rings. That's biggest market. You know, huge pressure. We've had you know we've had great people who've come and played for the you know, people who've played in other great greatness and other teams and have come and completely bombed. One who comes to mind the biggest is Jason Giambi, of course. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's a, it's a big pro, it's, it's a big like mental pressure to be able to do that. But to then be able to get it in like that first game of the playoffs, lights out against you know a Cleveland side who isn't really known for their bats, but still. They're pretty good on the other side. Other side of the Jose, field. Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez was amazing, especially during that last week of the regular season. I, I I don't like the Indians as a whole, but they have some clutch clutch players. And I'm not going to interrupt you. Yes, but and also Gilbert Torres. So I'm I'm doing I'm keeping it in the family with the Yankees. So you know they're you know they'll see their half brothers or sisters very often. Um, so four for four home run, three ribbies off of thir- you know, off of 13 to one, well, 12 to three wins. So those two definitely want to have their babies this time around. Uh, so yeah, those, but now let's think about the people who definitely need to get in the hiding. So who is your picks for getting in the witness protection and growing a beer just as, as big as yours? Well, this this new segment we call Grow a Beard and Go into Hiding, a.k.a. the Federal Witness Protection Program. And this week, I want to nominate the entire Texas Rangers lineup to pilot a car and go into hiding in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. Oh. I'm going to ask you some questions, Carlo. Carlo, do you like when your team scores runs? Of course. The Texas Rangers are not for you. Mm. The Texas Rangers... They averaged 3.73 runs a game, which is 29th in the entire league. Ladies and gentlemen, there are 30 teams in the league. This is the second worst team when <laughs> trying to just generate runs. So, Carlo, do you like your team to have hits, to mash, to get on base, to be to put themselves in dangerous positions? Yes, yeah, The Texas Rangers are not for you. Oh, because man. the Texas Rangers, they average 7.02 hits a game, which is... 29th in the entire Major League Baseball. Second worst amongst all majors. So, Carlo, do you like when your team actually ends up winning? You go home happy. You wake up happy. Your team won. Of course. The Rangers, you should not watch the Rangers. Don't watch the Rangers. Don't watch the Rangers. (laughs) They They ended up with the second worst record in Major League Baseball. They only won 22 games out of 60. And they also ended up with the the worst run differential in the entire league, the worst. But 
we have to have some sympathy because the Texas Rangers actually had a slew of injuries. And a lot of people don't realize that because they play in a small market and, and relatively speaking in a small market, it, you know, we, we have the New York Yankees injury situation shoved down our throat by ESPN and all those other ridiculously large media conglomerates that are based out of New York. But the Rangers have probably had even worse. And I'm going to share with you something from a game that I watched. I, don't ask me why I watched it because I had nothing else better to do. It was the Texas Rangers at the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks back on the 23rd of September. So about a week, week or two ago. I'm not going to tell you the stats because you already know it's terrible. Don't ask me if they won because they lost. You know that. All I'm going to do is I'm going to list out the jersey numbers of that Texas Rangers lineup that day to show you how bad the injury situation was for the Texas Rangers this year. We're listening to this podcast. We're baseball fans. We know a normal jersey number is for an outfield player or even for a pitcher. So I'm going to start with, I'm going to start here to Carl. I'm going to share with you the entire lineup for that game that they lost, that the Texas Rangers lost against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Leading off, jersey number, 65. 15, 9, 13, 74, 5, 71. It gets better. 82. And finally, in the ninth spot, 76. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna mention any of these names here because I don't recognize a soul. I, I lied. There's one guy I recognize, but everyone else, I have no idea who they are. Why is that? Because they had to they had so many injuries, they had to call up people from single A that these are kids. These are kids who don't who who don't even need to shave for God's sakes. I mean, they're so young. So Texas Rangers, I know you guys built a beautiful, a beautiful new stadium yet They're down in Arlington. I haven't visited yet, but I hope so post-COVID-19 pandemic. Hang in there. <clears throat> Kids won't always be in your lineup, and I hope you guys win, win more games and score more runs and have more hits. Uh, yeah, so Texas Rangers, <laughs> grow a beard and go a tie. Oh, man, that's pretty good, man. Uh, poor Texas Rangers. But, yeah. I bet everything ain't that big in Texas. <laughs> Sorry. You know, offense to my Texas people. You got good barbecue and your women are very nice and beautiful. But anyway, and your football is really good. Um, so for my girl beer, I would have to girl, throw it to Shane Beaver, man. I mean, the guy who is pretty much dominating pitching throughout the, the, the regular season came on in the game and got smacked. Uh, yeah. Four and a two, four and a third innings, hits nine hits, seven earned. That's really bad, especially when you are your team's ace and you have a three-game wild card series. You're supposed to be going and throwing lights out, and unfortunately, he got smacked up by a Yankees lineup that's just starting to come alive at the right time. Unfortunately, you know, I'm being a little biased this episode because, of course, when it comes to playoff time, I would love to have some sort of good New York sports team love. I'm a New York hipster. Not in Brooklyn, though, but, you know, he, he, you know, he, he needs to grow a beard right now because, unfortunately, when you need to do it, when it counts, the regular season is all good, and those stats are great for your own individual, you know, accolades. You know, he'll probably be the AL Cy Young winner, and that will be great. You know, he'll be able to sit back and have that nice uh, trophy that he could put on his, uh, you know, his awards room, wherever he has, but when it comes down to it, you got to be able to show that same 
same status and gumption when it comes down to the postseason. Unfortunately, I don't think they'll they'll be even given a chance to be able to do that because I don't see the series going three games. So, unfortunately, he needs to grow a nice big old hipster beard using a nice nice juicy beard oil massaging it in deeply and making sure that those ingrown hairs don't start being you know big pustules so that he has a nice big thick beard so that he could be in hiding and nobody knows who he is <laughs> i'm sorry man i got I, I truly love the the theatrics of it man it's just it's great especially because growing a beard is really difficult and i admire you for being able to do that because i can't do that unfortunately so you know but for those who can do it and go into hiding especially if you can't play baseball well or don't do it well for a little bit of time or if you're the texas rangers sorry guys So, as the playoff goes around, have you been seeing any mysterious uh, individuals who just popped up out of nowhere who you haven't seen for a long time or even didn't know that was still playing in the league? Yes, I have my Houdini watch eyes on. So, this week's Houdini watch, which it's what we like to call the, oh, yeah, there's that guy. It's just a player that fell off the radar. You haven't heard from him. Maybe he used to be on your team. He was traded. Or maybe he used to pitch against your team. Whatever. Someone you just haven't heard of in a long time. This is the Houdini watch. My nominee this week is Gio Gonzalez. He's a relief pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. And we all know the Chicago White Sox are in the playoffs right now against the Oakland Athletics. But Mr. Gonzalez is not part of the team. Fortunately, on the last day of the regular season, which was this past Sunday, he injured his hand against the Chicago Cubs. And they say it was... It, might have been because of that injury, but also he hasn't he hasn't been having a good season. I mean, he has uh, as a relief pitcher with the White Sox, he has a 4.83 ERA. He, I I know Gonzalez from the Nationals, from the Washington Nationals. He was a starting pitcher for them for a long time, and he stopped pitching for them about three four years ago. Traded to the Brewers, and then now he's with the White Sox, and he just has not had a good season at all. But the reason I'm picking Mr. Gonzalez is because I haven't heard from him in three years or three or four years when I saw him on TV warming up. I was like, I know that guy. That guy's a lefty. You know the way someone sets up. And not only that, but Gio Gonzalez is from Hialeah, Florida, which is a city in Miami-Dade County. And I have a lot of friends from Hialeah. Much love. They're very special. They're, uh, they, they, they love they love Hialeah. Yeah, the, probably the most famous Hialeah, person from Hialeah is Pitbull. Dale. So everyone knows him. Not everybody knows Gio. Mr. Gonzalez. 305. Mr. AKA. 305. Yeah. yeah. And he also, Gonzalez also attended Hialeah High, home of the Thoroughbreds. So, Gonzalez, much love. I'm sorry you've had a, not a good season with the White Sox, but you are this week's Houdini watch. And I, when I saw him warming up, I was like, hey, there's that guy. Yeah. Well, it's always nice to be able to see that there's some <clears> players who still have got, who still have it in the tank and are still getting signed because you know what it is an and still skill. getting those large major league baseball paychecks yeah because even those guys who were on the bench are still making a hell of a lot more money than you or i so a lot more money than what we're, we're making in this podcast yeah that's the show so so what are some predictions for the remainder of the wild card so what 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 miss cleo moments do you think you know what should we be looking for especially when it comes to the remaining games moving forward who do you think is going to advance apart I'm, from those who already advanced 
Right, of course. I'm I'm just really surprised about the the pitching I had said earlier I, from all across the the board, and because the wild card series is the best of three, you aren't going to see these guys again. And so if you miss them in game one or game two, it's over. I mean, now you, if potentially these series go to game three, you're talking about the, the back end of that starting pitching, or maybe even teams doing having to do a bullpen game. But I'm really interested in that Padres and Cardinals matchup because on paper san diego padres have way more talent than the st louis cardinals but if they're for st louis cardinals fans i don't need to explain this to you they the cardinals have some kind of devil magic when it comes to the playoffs i mean it they're they rarely are the better team but they always manage to knock people out that they shouldn't and they're always a dangerous team they have Players that just haven't been, you know, living up to their name, the, the names on the back of the jersey. But I, I can never count out the Cardinals. And as a Braves fan, they, they messed us up in the wild card game about seven years ago, and they knocked us out last year, which was very tough. Uh, we should have won that series, but we didn't, and so that's why the, the Cardinals moved on. And I think they got swept by the Nationals. But that's the of the remaining teams alive, alive, the remaining teams that are still playing. I think that's the one that intrigues me the most, the Padres and the and the Cardinals. Okay. Yeah, I, I would have to say that is probably the, the series that is definitely going to keep the imagination. I mean, the the, Padre, the Padres scored one run in the bottom of the six, so it's 6-4 now. So it should be a good rest of that season, that series, excuse me. Um, who knows? Maybe the Cubs might be – I could see them winning a game. I, could, I mean, maybe if they have the same kind of uh, – if, you know, if they have some decent pitching moving forward, I mean, let's see, who, who threw their – like, I got to double-check and see who pitched for them today. Because if they still have Darvish to, to fall back on, they definitely can uh, – yeah. So, yeah, because Hendricks was the one who came out and got the win today. So, if they throw out Darvish tomorrow, which is very likely, he could probably get a win out of that. So, um, I could see that going to three games for sure. Um It'll be interesting, I think, right now, being that the A's and the, the White Sox, that could be a toss-up. Who, who sees what happens with that? Um, I think the Yankees are going to move through. I think they'll win tonight. Um, yeah, like you said, the Dodgers are probably going to completely, like, demolish the, the, the Brewers really quickly. But um, – and also Cincinnati-Atlanta. I, I, you know, I think Atlanta definitely taken winning that game, especially when Trevor Bauer was going out there today. I think that's going to be a definite hit to the Cincinnati Reds' confidence, and maybe the Braves move forward in the NLDS. But uh, there was that was there was too much drama in that Braves. I was watching that game was like four and a half hours. It was insane. Mm-hmm. And uh, the for those of you who don't know, the Atlanta Braves have arguably the best offense in Major League Baseball in every single metric that you want. They're either one or two. Trevor Bauer, as we had said earlier, he's probably going to win the Cy Young. He's been the best pitcher in the National League. And I think tomorrow, I think Sonny Gray goes tomorrow. I mean, no, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, no, 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 no. Sonny Gray does not go tomorrow. It's um, it's some kid, Luis, Luis somebody. I should know this. But anyways, they have very good pitching. And at the bottom of the third, I told myself, where, where are our runs going? Where, where are our runs coming from? At the bottom of the third, I started getting concerned. Not scared, concerned. And sure enough, they ended up playing for 13 plus innings until we finally broke through. And, and to be to be completely frank, 
the Reds should have won that game. They had so many mental miscues on on the bases. It's like it's like they weren't they didn't have a manager. Like who's the manager who calls some of those some of those plays uh, to have their players basically get run down in between bases? It was um, it was good for me, but it was embarrassing as a baseball fan. But the, the reality is the Reds should be up one nothing. Thank goodness they're not. The Braves are, and I think tomorrow. Because today was so long and there was only one run, I think tomorrow there's going to be an explosion of offense. Whoever wins is going to win like 10 to 8 with like four home runs. It should be a good game tomorrow for that Braves and Reds game. Well, but before we move on, DiCarlo, I want to bring up some non-playoff news. I want to talk about a young man from Queens with a dream. And I'm not talking about you, DiCarlo. Talking about Stevie Cohen, CEO, founder of Point72, hedge fund out of Connecticut. This man, last week, he came, about two or three weeks ago, he came to an agreement to buy the New York York Metropolitans from the Wilpon family. This is going to be a big earth-shattering deal. We ne- we're not appreciating that. We really are not appreciating the seismic changes going on out in Astoria with the the yet-to-be-confirmed sale of the New York Metropolitans to Stevie Cohen. I have I have plenty of thoughts on this. What, what are your thoughts, uh, Queens native? T- tell me, LL Cool J, aka the Carlo. Well, for <clears> one, <throat> it's out of Flushing, not Astoria. Hipsters out of I, I love Astoria, but I, I, got, I got the neighborhood mixed up. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good move. <clears throat> I mean, the Wilpons have been terrible owners. They've been terrible owners for a generation. Um, you know, anybody who gets, you know, caught up with, uh, you know, Bernie Madoff has made pretty terrible decisions. And unfortunately, the Wilpons were one of those people. So, yeah, um, not uh, I'm definitely not sad to see them go. Not a Mets fan, but I have a lot of Mets fan friends who literally, unfortunately, have serious mental health issues because of the state of the Mets. And uh, having new ownership, especially somebody who is has that winner mentality like Steve Cohen to the point where – keep in mind, Steve Cohen is the archetype for – if anybody watches Billions on Showtime, he, he he is the inspiration behind Bobby Axelrod. So if you take Damian Lewis's betrayal of Bobby Axelrod and you put that on a human, like on an actual individual, this is Steve Cohen. Less so, good-looking individual. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you're definitely going to have, they're going to have a driven owner who, you know, will definitely infuse some cash into the Mets and will hopefully – you know, definitely continue the development of their, their farm team, their farm system. They've always had a really good farm system. They bring up good players. The problem is, is that they, once they get to the majors, they usually don't have the support to actually move them through because we can go for multiple generations for, you know, where the Mets have had good farm, good players come out of their farm system who have then left and have gone and had greater careers elsewhere or have led the Mets to the playoffs and the World Series. And you got to keep this in mind. The Mets, they're like the, the, the Miami Marlins in the sense of when they do go to the playoffs, they usually go on runs. It's just the fact is they need to get to the playoffs first. And so 
if they have an owner in Steve Cohen who's going to make the proper decisions, you know, that, that a sports team needs. And hopefully he gets good, um, you know, front office people who can really do the work. I know there were, there were rumors that they were trying to go after Brian Cashman. They've already poo-pooed that the Yankees are not letting Brian Cashman go. Like he, you know, he grew, he was under the wing of Gene Michaels, who was the architect of the Yankee dynasty, you know, Posada, Jeter, Mariana Rivera, Bernie Williams, all those players. So they, they aren't get, giving up Brian Cashman. And so it'll be interesting to see. And hopefully they don't bring back Ormond Manaya either. So, but definitely a good move. I, I know I've ranted, but my friend, my Mets friends would be very happy. They are ecstatic about this, but at the no, same actually, time, they're cynical. So, you know, actually <laughs> and the, the, the general manager from the Yankees will not be going over to the Mets because TV Cohen has already said that the former Mets GM general manager, Sandy Alderson is going to return as president of baseball. So, I don't know what that has to do with the current general manager of the Mets, uh, Brody Van Wagenen. He, he, his days are probably numbered. But I'm going to take issue with your thing about comparing the New York Metropolitans with the Miami Marlins. That should never be done. And look, I'm, ta- I'm saying this as, as an Atlanta Brave fan, and I'm concerned about Steve Cohen with his money. This guy is – his net worth is north of 13 billion dollars that's with a b this guy has been a lifelong mets fan queens born and raised he's wanted the mets for close to a decade this guy's gonna put money in it he's gonna have a tremendous analytical team the mets the new york metropolitans are going to play and operate with a purpose a purpose that the current future ex-owners of the new york mets the Wilpons, Fred, and his wife, Jeff, have never had. They are a bunch of clowns. The Wilpons operate the Mets as if they were as if they were the Ocala Mets from in Florida or the Brunswick Mets. I, this is New York. The New York Yankees have, have they realized the New York Yankees realized that they played in New York 90, 100 years ago. They went out and got the best players. They went out and paid the most money. They went out for the, for the sole purpose of winning championships. I don't even like the Yankees, but I love that they've realized for close to a century that they play in New York, the biggest media, the best money, access to anything you want. People want to live in New York, much less players. Of course they want to live and play in New York. I, it boggles my mind that Will Ponds have acted as if they don't play in New York. The Wilpons don't want to invest in, in the Mets. DeCarlo, do you know that this year is the first time that the Mets had an opening day payroll in, top, in the top five of all Major League Baseball teams since 2010? That's 10 years ago that they were in the top five. Again, this is New York. You know who else who realizes that they play in a major metropolitan area and they play with intent, they pay, and they know players want to come out? The Los Angeles Dodgers. The LA Dodgers have been absolute beasts for a decade or two because they know they have all the money in the world and they're willing to put a good product out in the field. The Miami Marlins, nobody puts money into that. None of those owners have ever put real consistent money into the organization. That's why no one shows up. Versus the Dodgers, every year they lead the they lead Major League Baseball in attendance records. Every year, it's always the Yankees or the Dodgers. Why? Because people want to go see good star players play and win and take and go into the playoffs 
I, I, I can go on and on about the well pods because, as, again, as a Braves fan, we're owned by Liberty Media. They, they don't give a damn about the Atlanta Braves. This is a conglomerate based out of, uh, I believe it's Denver, Colorado. And the only reason they happen is because of the sale of AOL Warner uh, many years ago now. And the Braves are just attached to that as a subsidiary. If it was up to them, they would sell it, but they don't because of tax purposes. They Liberty Media never wants to pay any corporate tax. So if they were to sell the Atlanta Braves, that would incur taxes, which they will not pay. And Steve Cohen, he's, we, we can't just, he's not going to come off as some kind of savior because he comes in with a little bit of baggage as well because two years ago, there was a lawsuit about lack of diversity, a gender bias lawsuit. Uh, he's had his run-ins with the Securities, the Securities Exchange Commission as well as the Department of Justice. If, if you guys want to know more about the alleged inside of trading, trading at his former office, uh, SAC, SAC Capital, there's, there was a, there's a good book that came out a few years ago called Black Edge by Sheila Kolkatar. And that basically covered the, the, the alleged insider trading that was going on over at SAC Capital. But this is a hometown boy. He has the means. He has a desire. This is a dangerous proposition for the Atlanta Braves and everybody else in the, the National League. In, in three to five years, the New York Metropolitans, New York Metropolitans will be perennial World Series contenders. It, mark my words, it's a scary thought. But finally, the New York Metropolitans are acting as if they are a New York team. Yep. So that will be that will be a team we are definitely going to be watching in the coming uh, regular league season, major league season for 2021. Um, this has been a good time sitting back and chatting with you, Dorian. It always is a pleasure chatting about the game that we love, American time. So thank you guys for listening. And before we wrap up, we just want you guys to follow, make sure you follow us on Twitter at HBP4040. Leave us some notes. We definitely have our drink recipes. So if you want to get what we're drinking from this episode and past episodes, Definitely jump in. Of course, share your, you know, your pictures of you drinking alcoholic beverage or non-alcoholic beverage. Are you taking pictures with your pets? Or when you're watching a game, wearing your favorite major league clubs paraphernalia, please drop it on Twitter and, and hit it, us up. If you if you if you send if you send us a, if you tweet us a picture of you with your pet, whether it's four-legged, whether it's are there two-legged pets? I don't know. Anyways, whether they have wings whether they have legs, whatever, or whether they're fishes. Tweet us a picture of you and your pet watching your favorite playoff baseball game, and we'll be more than happy to retweet it. Retweet it. Just use the hashtag HBPETS. That's HBPETS. All righty. And we will check back. We will be back again really soon recapping the rest of the playoff games this week and then definitely our preview for the division series. So with that note, we bid you farewell. Stay safe. Stay secure. And have a blessed, beautiful rest of your day.